0: Log Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacay. Good
1: morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Core Business Show. It's Tim Jacquet. Uh Today, I have a uh, special guest, Herbert Austin. He's District Director at the SBA, Dallas-Fort Worth office. If you have a question for one of us, invite you to call in. The number is 347-324-3460. That number, again, is 347 347- 324-3460 or you can pose your question in the chat room and I'll read it out on the air. If you do call in, we do ask you to turn your radio down so we don't get any feedback or echoes and if you do call in, just press the number one so we indicate you have a question. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, uh, Herbert Austin. I guess, uh, Mr. Austin, I guess to the beginning, way, let's tell us about yourself
2: and your position at the SBA. Yeah, yeah, here, here. yeah. Yeah. Good, good, morning, good morning, team, and and let me first of all thank you very much for the opportunity to address your constituents. We are immensely grateful for these opportunities to to connect okay. with with our stakeholders. Right. I, I am I am the, the district director of the small business Admi- administration here, located in, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, I cover. 72 counties in the Northeast Texas, uh, about 58,000 square miles in geography. I'm one of the the eight largest SBA offices among the 68 district offices that we have in the United States. Wow. I serve about 660,000 small business owners, and uh, we do a very, very good job at, at serving them. Oh,
1: wow. And are you – I guess just a little background about yourself. Can you tell us something about yourself?
2: You came in from – I I, I came in, I have a a long career with with the SBA team. I have joined the SBA in 1989 in Newark, New Jersey, Uh, moved from Newark, New Jersey to the the, the largest SBA office in New York City, Uh, worked in many capacities in this office, uh, we do have a branch office in Melville, Long Island. I was the branch manager at that office before becoming the deputy district director in the New York office since 2002. And uh, I had a, a, an opportunity four years ago, actually, specifically in March the sixteenth, two 2008, to transition to that that office here in Dallas, where the director had retired. So I moved here, and uh, I, I think I'm in the right market to serve our constituents.
1: Wow. Welcome, welcome to Texas. We can really use you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Tell us about the SBA. because There are a lot of uh, misconceptions about, some people think the SBA give loans, some people think the SBA give grants, but I guess they just really don't know, uh, really, what is the SBA? If you can kind of tell us, okay, what the the SBA is all about, um, and we
2: can talk about this program Thank you, thank you, Tim. Uh, the, the, uh, the U.S. Small Business Administration, non, 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 known as SBA by some, is the only federal agency that was created by mandate to be the advocate for 26 million small businesses of America. Our our only priority is to make sure that small businesses remain healthy so they can continue to create jobs to innovate and prosper. And, and the way we serve the community, if I can get into the program team, are really three ways. We, we, we are very much like an economic development organization that has in our toolbox all the tools that a small business, our prospective small business, would need to either start or expand we provide all the key services that one would need to get started. For example, uh, if you can think of the SBA, think of the three Cs, and the first C being the capacity building. This is a small business who is thinking about starting and who needs someone to mentor him, to provide the basic counseling and training that they may need for them to make a decision as to whether this is the right thing for them to do. This is the small business who is doing well, but who wants to expand overseas, needs, needs someone to advise, to mentor, to hold their hands. So we do that free of charge for the small business customer. The second step is the business in expansion or starting may need some capital some infusion of capital in their business, and they may go to a bank and the bank may turn them down for a conventional loan. The bank then has the capacity to use the government guarantee to make loans that they would otherwise not make on their own. And the third way we help small businesses is to give them access to government procurement opportunities. Our government is the largest purchaser of goods and services in the world. We buy 450 million on average every year from the business community. 23% of those procurements need to go to small businesses. And we are the, the gatekeeper, if you will. We are the agency who makes sure that all the federal agencies meet those 23% statutory requirements. Wow. We have no grants. So the typical call that we get in our office, besides, you know, I'm looking for financing, Mm -hmm. is really typically grants. The Mm -hmm. SDA never had a grant program for for entrepreneurs. This is just not uh, the capitalistic way of doing things. The SB, on the other hand, every so often has grants to help organizations provide services to the small business community. So if you think of the SCORE program, if you think of the Small Business Development Center program, those are the organizations that are our resource partners that provide the counseling and training on our behalf. It, it, it's a grant program. But okay. it's not oh. to the small business. It's to organizations.
1: Okay, so they do have a grant program, but the grant program, she
2: clarifies, for well-established organizations like SCORE, uh, business development center, women business centers. You know, many times there are grants. You know. Uh, in, in, in communities, you know, provided in communities where the community may approach SBA and say, you know, we, yes, we use CORE, yes, we use the Small Business Development Center, but I think if we have somebody in the community to provide that assistance, the small business may be more receptive. So the SBA may give a grant to an organization in certain low-income area. Okay, great. Now, when it comes to the... Uh uh, did you say 450 billion or
1: 450
2: million? 450 billion with
1: a B, Tim. Wow,
2: yeah. that's, that's amazing. And 23
1: percent of that,
2: by statutory law, has to go to small business, which is about 100 billion dollars. So, the, uh, one of our tasks at the SBA is to make sure that the buying agencies. The prime contractors who have to meet those requirements as well. So our our challenge is to make sure that those buying agencies meet those 23% requirements.
1: And the way with all the agencies, like Department of Defense, Department of Commerce, Department of Secretary, Department of uh, any department, you guys oversee to make sure they make the numbers and they report those numbers to you, that's
2: how that works? All of them have a, a, a buying agency. So, for example, you know, uh, the Department of Defense wants to buy some, say, fighter planes from Lockheed Martin located here, uh, so let's say it's a, a billion-dollar uh, contracting opportunity. And Lockheed Martin, though not a federal agency, they are also required to meet those 23% requirements. So we actually examine them. So there is a reporting mechanism where we know exactly who the small businesses who have contracts with them. Likewise, if we can think of the Army Corps of Engineers right here in Fort Worth, they do a lot of buying. It's, it's what we call a buying agency. They have a contracting officer that we work closely with to make sure that they meet those requirements. Okay.
1: I kind of uh, run down the, the type of. I know the first one you mentioned is about building and mentoring. So, the person that comes in, do they make an
2: appointment or are they just Yeah, walk? The, the, first, the the typical call, team is I like to start a business. Uh, and, uh, I went to my bank to get a loan. I understand that I may need a business plan. Uh, can I come to your office? Well, our office team is not the right place to come to. Because what we do at our office, even though we are managers of programs, we were not trained to be consultants. Mm-hmm. So so that person is a consultant. And what we, our response would be, where are you calling from? Well, I'm calling from Wichita we Falls. Well, this is the number to call for the Service Corps of Retired Executives Corps or the Small Business Development Center right in your community, Give them a call. This is the number, and you, they will be able to give you a time and date for an appointment. So that's how we operate. We people come here. We be more. I'm happy to talk to them, but we really want them to go where the services are in their communities. Okay, perfect.
1: So then, when they uh, so once they have a business plan, if they're a startup, or once if they're already in business. Uh, the rest of it, mainly you mentioned about the grants. No grants. There are no grants. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no ones. Yeah. Uh, what? You mentioned SCORE, about SCORE. SCORE can help them with all of these small business startup management and consulting and things like that. And then, because I'm just going to your website, you say start and manage your business. So all the mentoring, does that happen with, with organizations like SCORE?
2: And, and 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 I want you to also, uh on our website. See another organization called the Small Business Development Center. There is mm-hmm. a, a huge difference between the services provided by those resource partners. The score, the score members, you know, tend to be former business owners.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They all are retired in principle, and they work part time in our various chambers of commerce so uh, uh, there, there is really not a, a continuity of service in that if I wanted to start a manufacturing facility and I, I wanted to look for a specific person who can assist me in that area, you know I, I would probably go to a school person who has that expertise. If I wanted on the other hand to write a, a business plan you know a, a, a feasibility study, I would think of that that service called the Small Business Development Center because they are full-time consultants who are there every day, who work the same hours as I work, to help the small business. They are also measured differently. The score being a, 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 a group of retired folks, we don't measure them the same way we measure the SBDC program. The SBDC program is sort of measured by economic impact, uh-huh. So therefore, they are extremely aggressive in helping you put together that business plan, the cash flow projection if needed, and get you to a bank where you can get that loan and create and retain jobs. So that's why they are very they are measured. So they are an extremely aggressive group that we also need to mention. In that.
1: Okay, great. Okay. So now the,
2: first, the next step, team. so the person say, okay, Herb, you told me that I needed a business plan. So what now? I need money. Well, we have a program at the SBA. We have a number of, of, of lending program at the SBA team. We have a micro loan program. This is the person who says, all I need is to start a, a, a home-based business. All I need is $25,000. Well, as you would well imagine, the bank is not going to look at a, a business plan for 25000 you know, so we would send you to a micro lender, and we have two of them operate out of our office. But typically, the person who says, well, I really need $200,000, I really need $300,000, you know, we tell them, "Team, where do you bank would be my first question, because we want you to go back to your bank of account. You know, this is the bank where they they know you, you've made deposit, they recognize you, they see your face coming in and out. It's always your best place to go and discuss your financing needs. They will tell you they need a business plan. They will tell you they need that kind of information, fill out the application. Once you submit that application to the bank, the bank will make a decision whether they can make a loan conventionally to you, which can never happen if you start a company less than two years, uh, the bank may say, well, there is no merit to your application. You are p- you're applying for a loan. You have no management experience. You have no collateral. You have no equity to put in the business. You know, you have a bad credit. So it's a no-no. But we are considered uh, what we call the gap lender team. This is where there is a little thing missing in the package. The bank cannot make the loan conventionally. They can actually become SBA and put an SBA guarantee on that loan. Okay. And the guarantee is 85% for loans of 150000 or less. Or anything over 150 up to five million dollars, it's 75% guarantee. And the guarantee is always to the bank team, it's not to the customer. It's the customer applying for a loan, and the bank has no other alternative but to use the the government full faith and good credit to support that customer. To give you an example, last year 2011. That ended in September 30th. We had all-time lending record in the United States. 30 billion dollars in loan guarantees. Wow! In my 72 counties in, Dala- in Dallas, Fort Worth, we did 885 million dollars in loan guarantees to our constituents. Those are all loans that the bank would have <laughs> never made without the SBA guarantee. That's why they used it. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Now, is, in talking about that, is it really difficult to get a loan guarantee from a small owner? For example, uh, they do have a little management experience. They have a little equity, but pay the credit it's kind of sh- shaky, been acting up lately. Um, banks are still going to go by that criteria. You, you really need to be in the... Upper, not upper, fair credit, but you need to really have a decent credit and good credit rather, in order to get these loans approved.
2: Let's give you some example, team. If you are looking for a small loan, I will tell you that very few banks have have the the capacity and the staff to actually underwrite these loans. What they do, they do uh, uh, the credit score it. You know, so they they they, they have a, a system whereby the credit score it, and there the credit is very critical. If your credit, your five score, score doesn't meet the requirements, you automatically turn down. Okay. But those are the smaller deal. Now, if you're looking for say a two hundred thousand dollar facility or more, the bank may underwrite it. They may take time to take a look at it. You know, in, in, in detail, you know, a good analysis of the, of the business plan, understanding the nature of the business, understanding your, your management expertise in the business, understanding that you are actually put up some of your money in the business. Uh, understanding that you do have some collateral to support the loan, even though SBA is not a collateral lender. Uh, we, are, we we consider ourselves like a cash flow lender. You okay. know, can the business repay the loan from earnings? That's, that's how we would make a decision if we had to make it. And So the bank would look at all those, those and say, well, the credit is not so, st- the FICO score is not so strong, but I understand why. You know, they had a bad year last year during the recession in 2009. Uh, they, They had a, you know, so the bank may take all that into consideration and determine, well, because the credit is not so good, the FICO score that is, I cannot make a loan conventionally to what could potentially be a good customer of the bank, but I can use the government guarantee on it. So the guarantee is is used always when something is lacking in the package where the bank cannot make it conventionally. Okay. Wow.
1: Now I know in, in the past. I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've done it with the SBA, but I know in the in the the well, well, the '90s and the '80s, they used to if a person got turned down by the the bank they could appeal to the SBA and try to get a direct loan. Is the
2: uh, SBA still doing any direct loan? Well, uh, the way I like to put it, uh, Tim, is that we are no longer our father's SBA. That is, things have changed so drastically. And you are are right. So you go to the bank, you get turned down twice Mm -hmm. by two banks, you come to the SBA, and we can consider you for a direct loan. We no longer do it that way. What we do, what we do, team, to to facilitate the whole process of application for the small business and for the bank, we tell the bank to become SBA. So, therefore, the bank takes a package, looks at it conventionally, and if you will, in your mind, kind of think they're turning it, they're turning it down. But they really don't because they say, okay, I think... I can put a guarantee of SBA on that loan without having to send a package to the SBA.
0: Okay. So the bank,
2: in essence, now becomes SBA and makes that loan with a guarantee. Now, even years ago, if you get turned down twice, you come to the SBA to apply for a direct loan, we still could turn you down. Mm-hmm. So that, that still exists today, where the bank may decide the package is so flawed, the package is so incomplete, the the, the, the customer, the, the potential borrower lacks so much of the requirements that I have to turn this down. So this still happens every day. Okay. But whenever there is a, a, a slight issue where the bank doesn't feel comfortable and they need that comfort level... They can actually become SBA, put a guarantee on the loan, and call our central location in California, not for a review, but for a loan number. That's the only way, you know. We know that that loan was made say, in my district. A couple of questions are asked. You need a loan num—I need a loan number for a loan made in, in Dallas on such a day, in such industry, to uh, an African-American-owned business, to a a, a women-owned business, and that type of information is captured in a document. But we no longer look at packages in district offices. Okay. As you you know, we do have a disaster program where we we make direct loans to to anybody who is affected by a disaster. But that's
1: an an exception to the rule because that's actually... Another program that's by the government that you guys manage, but that's like if you're in the uh, like what happened in the Midwest with these tornadoes and they wipe out the whole town, or if it floods, and yes. they, that's it's a it's totally different program. Yes, but it it but I, I just noticing uh in the past, it's still going to be when it comes to the loans, they're still going to have to have some
2: decent credit to get approved. Is that still the same case? And, and and that's why we work, we work very, very hard with our constituents uh, because, quite frankly, uh, we do get those calls also, team. And somebody would say, well, the reason why I'm calling you for a loan is because I have bad credit. Well, and, and here's my explanation, team. Okay. Uh, we are putting government, we, we are putting taxpayers' money at risk.
0: Okay.
2: If you have a history of not paying your bills, <laughs> or late on your payment, we have no way to believe that you are going to pay that loan on a monthly basis. You're going to service that debt uh, uh, on time with with taxpayers' money. So your taxpayer money is at stake, team, And we we want to manage it carefully. So if a small business fails to keep a good credit rating, as we should, we should we all should. Uh, they may not get a loan with the SBA. Okay. Even with an SBA guarantee, they may not get it.
1: Okay. And that's the the disaster program, which is totally different. Uh, can you talk about the uh, the uh, the uh, the four programs? I know we talked about the micro loan program. We talked a little about the 7a program indirectly, but that's the one that you go to the bank and and get. We talked about the micro but the microloans are are it's, are they available by the
2: banks or no? They they are ab- available by not-for-profit organizations okay. that receive funding from the SBA to make that type of loan. You probably one of them that you would recognize nationally is called Action. Mm-hmm. Action is a very well-known micro lender uh, based in uh, in San Antonio, I believe. But uh, headquartered in San Antonio, where they have offices here, where they would entertain making a loan to you of up to fifty thousand dollars. So anything fifty thousand or less, uh, I'm not suggesting that the bank will not make it, uh, but you probably have a better chance going to a micro lender. And interestingly enough, the micro lender will actually make a loan to a small business who have who have bad credit, but who has a, a good explanation why. Okay. You know, it kind of charge you a little bit higher in interest, you know. But uh, but nevertheless, it's always possible, you know, if you're looking for small b- small amount of money, to approach a, a, a micro lender. And of course, the other thing that we have in this office, which I call the Bible of small business, is a resource guide. There is a guide that we we, we prepare in this office, and we update it every year. <laughs> We share that with the small businesses. We share that with the bankers, the lending community. That gives you all the information that you probably look at on on, on the on the website, but it's, it's locally locally based. So, so here we're talking about uh, micro lender. Someone may may be listening and say, but who are they, and where are they located? We talk about the small business development center. Someone may say, which one is near my my home? You know, so. We have a guide, and I believe we may have it on our local site, uh, with the the listing of all the services that we provide, the listing of the resource partners and where they're located.
1: Okay. And also on your SBA loan program, you also have a CDC 504 loan program. Can you talk about that program?
2: The, the The CDC program team has to be the best program in government.
0: Wow. And It's
2: a program that you you you're gonna love when you understand how it works, and 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 and, and I, I like to explain it uh, uh, by way of an example. So you have your business in a commercial site, and you are paying high. You have a lease, and your rent is about say, ten thousand a month. Now you have an opportunity to purchase the building where your mortgage may be reduced to five thousand dollars a month. So already you see the benefit and what the five oh four program provides it's for you to have the opportunity to purchase that building. to purchase and to, to 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 retool to retool the building. In manufacturing you're looking at you know, you know fixed assets and equipment the 504 is the best program in town. And so the way the program works, is a formula called the 50-40-10. And, and again, as an example, so you have an opportunity to purchase this building for $10 million. Wow. Right, so just as an example. So you, you, you approach what we call a certified development company. Those are organizations in our communities that are licensed by the SBA to do the 40% portion for us of that loan. So, again, going back to our example of a million, so you go to, the, the, you go to one of our CDCs and you say, I am looking to purchase that building. It's going to cost me $10 million. And they say, okay, we can do the 40% on behalf of SBA. So that would be $4 million. They can do that 40%. (laughs) Then the 50% is done by a bank, and they can help you identify a bank that will finance the 50% of the project but it is not guaranteed by SBA. There is no guarantee on that 50%. But the bank gets first lien on all assets and equipment. So the bank loves the program. They're lending you a dollar, and if it goes bad, they have $2. You know, So loan-to-value is terrific. Then the customer puts in, so that's $5 million from the bank, $4 million from the SB and we get second lien on everything, and the customer puts up only $1 million. So it's a 50-40-10, but it only works for the purchase and acquisitions of fixed assets and equipment. And we are not talking about a building you buy for the purpose of renting. We, we, we're talking about a, a piece of property, a piece of land that you're buying for to operate your own business. Apollo. Yeah. So it's one of the best programs in government where it's very much like buying a home. You're putting up 10% of the cost, and everybody else finances that 90%, and you have 25 to 30 years to repay it. You know, so this is the best program in government. And they are done all through certified development companies, as I said, that are licensed by the SBA to do that kind of work for us. We also have another program I'd like to mention. Mm -hmm. It's it's the small business investment company. Now, many companies such as Apple Computer, Intel Computer, Staple, Federal Express, Dell Computer, when they were starting their operation, they went to a bank. No bank could understand the business model. You know, the Federal Express model didn't make any sense to a bank. They tend to be conservative. So they couldn't get financing from a bank. They went to an SBA organization called SBIC, the Small Business Investment companies, the small business investment companies team are not only licensed by the SBA, but they also get funding from the SBA to help small businesses who need not so much debt financing, but who are looking for equity financing, because a lot of small businesses with the great ideas, like Apple Computer, they want to do computers in the basement, the bank doesn't understand it, but those those venture capitalist firms—that's exactly their role—to help companies like that by taking a ten, fifteen percent equity in the company. So that program still exists, and we do we do billions in lending every year. But it's not a program that you hear a lot about because even SBA folks, when we go out, we talk about uh, bank lending, bank financing, and we talk very little about that that exceptional small business investment company program. So we have some success stories to show. So when you see a Federal Express or Apple or Intel or or Dell computer or, or a Staples store, kind of think of all those started with an SBA loan.
1: And the half of that was, most of those companies started really in the 80s, with the exception of Apple and Fellowship, Express started, I think, I believe, in the 70s, right? That's right. That's they all right. started right in the, uh, the mid 80s, the late 80s. So they're just still really fairly new. Yeah,
2: they're very, very new. And of course, they don't talk enough about how they were held by the SBA. Maybe they kind of forget that, you know? Uh, yeah. But uh, yes, all those <laughs> companies. Right. And and the program is very encouraged. You know, for example, you know, if a high-tech company comes, we have those 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 guys with innovative ideas that the bank will never understand. So we normally refer them to an Sbic. It's also on our website. The list of Sbics in Dallas, the list of Sbics in Texas, and the list of SBIC nationwide. Mm-hmm. And the Sbic tell you exactly what kind of project they'd be interested in. They tell you how much you're willing to invest in certain projects. So, Okay.
1: Now, also, I'm looking at your website. You have a bond program, the surety and the tax exempt bonds. Can you talk about
2: those? Oh, sure. The surety bond program is similar to the, the loan program to some extent, Team, You know, the person, the company gets a contract into construction. They're required to be bonded, and so they go to a, a, a surety bond company, And the surety bond company say, well, you know, I cannot help you because, you know, there is something missing, there is this missing, there is that missing. So the surety bond company can actually now use the SBA guarantee, similar to what the bank would do, Mm -hmm. to make this happen. Up to the the SBA statutory $2 million in in, in financing, in in, in bonding, Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a small bonding program. There are some, some some there are some exceptions where we may go to five million, but it's, it's a two million dollar and, and a lot of companies say, well, Herb, I need a lot more money than that. So hopefully they will change that amount. But right now it's two million, and the company would call my office and say, Herb, what are the surety bond companies that you work with? We have a list available. We do seminars as we just did two weeks ago, you know, for construction firm on our bonding, surety bonding program. So we work very closely with the surety bond companies, the same way we work with our our lending community. Okay.
1: Now, is that the same thing when it comes
2: to the tax and bonds as well? Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. Great.
1: Now, another portion, moving on to the, the last Uh, one, which is the contract, which is the biggest, biggest thing that companies... It's your sleeping giant. The the people really don't relate to the SBA. But can you talk about the the, uh, contracting opportunity? We talked about the procurement, and this is the biggest thing, uh, one of the biggest things that you guys manage.
2: In fact, fact, this is probably one of the programs where we actually touch the small business uh, one-on-one. We have, within the 23% requirements you know, that all the buying agencies have to have to adhere to, we have a set-aside program team, and I'd like to touch on those. The, the first one is called the 8A program. I believe it's the section of the law that created the program. It's the 8A. Uh, the 8A is a 5% set-aside for socially and economically disadvantaged businesses. And 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 of course that's the definition, but the real definition is, at uh, least from my perspective, are uh, are uh, that any firm that is owned by an African American, by a Native American, by an Hispanic American, by an Asian American is automatically considered socially and economically disadvantaged, and can apply for the program. There is an application process. That 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 that, that discourage people. are supposed to apply because it it it, it, it takes a lot of time. You deal with the government directly now, so so the way it would work, uh, you know, a, a, a caller would want to apply for the uh, the program. There are some requirements. There are, you have to be two years in business. Keep in mind that the government is not going to buy from someone who doesn't have some kind of expertise. Mm-hmm. So that's a given. So there is a requirement that you have two, to be two years in business, and it really you should have something that the government purchase. And I think if, you, if you're a business, you want to do those research, you know, there are things that the government doesn't buy. and But they, we buy just about everything, but there are certain things they don't buy. So, but assuming that, you know, you, you kind of identify that, yes, there is a market for my product through the government, You put an application with the SBA, we have two offices nationwide who review the application and who approve or disapprove. If they approve the application and you you happen to be in my district, I get a letter that this company has been approved in your district. Please reach out to them. So we reach out to the company. We invite them to come over. And, and they assign a person, very much like a mentor, to work with them. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yes, yes. But unfortunately, that mentor has many companies in their portfolio, so you're not the only one. So anyway, because we are not the contractor of a record... We help you get to the contractor because the contractor has the contracts, not us. So it's really a a, a business development program. Once you enter the program and you say, for example, well, I'm, I'm a construction firm, so we try to identify the organization, the buying agencies that can help you. So we give you a list of name of people. We teach you how to market your services to this organization. And and that 5% is critical to the buying agency as well. So that not only do they have that 23%, but they also have to look at the set aside. So when the Army Corps of Engineers, as an example, has to determine, you know, what to do with the contracting opportunity, you know, they have to say, okay, that five percent. I'm not meeting my goals in that five percent. Maybe I should get a firm in the 80 program for that for that for that opportunity. We also have what set aside that they have to consider as well. We have a five percent for women-owned business. Mm-hmm. We have we have a three percent for firms located in the hub zone area. This is historically underutilized business zones. So in order to encourage firms to move into these areas, we also have set aside for this. And there is also an application process. You have to apply for us to make sure that you are indeed in a hub zone. Then there is also a 3% for disabled vets. So those are the challenges of a contracting officer, whether they are a, a prime contractor with Lockheed or Bell Helicopter or Boeing. But also, a buying federal agency has a contract. They have to look at where the gap is, where they, they're not meeting their requirements, and that's where the, the contract would fall. So, in the 5% for ADA, or 5% for women-owned business, or 3% for Hub Zones. So, it's a wonderful program. So, people actually come to the office because those programs, we, we manage them. For example, we review Hub Zone firms every year to make sure that, you know, the firm does exist. You know, they they do have customers. There are some requirements. So we do review those firms. The, the 8A firms, well, we do review them every year. We do visit them every year, you know, to make sure they're still standing and they're in good standing and financially and they can perform on government contracts if they were to get any. So we really could work closely with companies in the procurement uh, arena. Okay.
1: And also, you have uh, going back to the uh, those two programs, the uh, 8A program and the hub zone, What? How long? Yeah, I know you apply on the SBA website, but how long does it normally take for a person to get approved to be an 8A? In
2: in order to get to be an 8A team. Uh, uh, being honest, and as I have to be, there is a statute that says within 90 days of date of receipt of a complete application, we need to give you an answer. Now, the, here is the problem, Tim. Every so often, we get more application than you can ever expect. Yes. And in the government, you cannot simply employ people. You know, because you have a lot of applications to, to look at. So sometimes our people, even though they're working two shifts, they still cannot meet the 90-day requirement. You know, so every so often they will let us know, guys, we're far behind. It may be 120 days. But nevertheless, generally speaking, it is 90 days from date of receipt of a complete application. So what ha- what happens, what discourages the applicant's team sometimes, they send an application that is not complete. So they send them back when you are missing ABC. Well, it takes them time, because they're busy running the operation, it takes them time to submit ABC. By the time they submit ABC, it's it's, it's a month since they have submitted the initial package. So it's they start from scratch now. It's no longer, you know, 90 days from date of receipt of, of the application is date of receipt of ABC. So so sometimes you hear those horror stories how it took me 200 days to get approved or disapproved. But most of the time, it's the fault of the small business. Okay. And what we do, we encourage the business to come here, Tim. You know, before you, you put in your application, we strongly encourage the firms to come to our office for someone to sit down with you to make sure the application is we cannot approve it but at least we can tell you whether the application is complete for submission. So we do see people come in here and say, can I speak to someone who might be able and willing to review the application for me. And these days everything is, is on the website. So the person can actually go on the website and fill out the application and send it in. Doesn't have to be hard copy. Okay. Now
1: going back to the that application that uh, on that particular application, you if they have if the completion of the packet, is not when they first get it. So if you come in and really complete, are you saying that they can come in, bring it to your office and you can kind of review it to make sure everything is there before they submit
2: it? That's correct, because we eliminate right. that major problem and heartache that the small business has in in, 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 in submitting a package that is way incomplete and for them to be told we need form a that you you, you didn't fill out and it start from scratch again so what we do we, we we again strongly encourage them to come here we have actually a computer set up here where they can come in and even work with us if they want to wow you know oh yeah We facilitate the process for, for, for them because we recognize, you know, it's a lot of paperwork. So they come in, we assign them someone who sits with them and review the package and mention nothing of approval or disapproval. That's not our responsibility. But at the minimum, we can say, we believe that you have together, put together all the necessary information for someone to receive that application and pass it on somebody for 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 to on your life right, to look at it
1: okay now um I have a question here on twitter They said of uh, a person um' read this correctly if they have a felony conviction for uh one of their partners um it, it doesn't it doesn't say well i am just- i'm just gonna ask what you has. you say well if the person have a felony conviction. Will they deter them or delay them? And if they're going to try to go for the ADA uh, contract,
2: uh, not only for the ADA contract but also for the for the loan program,
1: okay.
2: it, it it gets delayed a lot because then we cannot the bank cannot make that decision or SB is not going to make that decision before going to the IG office or the FBI office to get a lot more information. So we have a form and where the questions are asked. Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been convicted? And once you answer yes to these questions, then you know you therefore a major delay. Because I mean the FBI if they have to get involved doesn't give priority to SBA. Okay. You know, so so that could take a long time even for, for financing so we have had case system where someone needs a loan almost immediately to put down on payment for a commercial real estate they want to purchase and they may lose the opportunity because the banks and the information the bank cannot approve that loan they have to ask us to do some 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 check we are required to do the check sometimes we require you know fingerprints and, and that comes after we have to send that information to headquarters to Washington for decisions to be made.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: in that instance that can take that can take some time. Okay, great. And in okay. many instances you could just turn down, depending on the severity of the thing. Okay, I follow. Okay, and
1: the other question regarding the uh uh we'll go back to the hub zone. Uh the hub zone program you have to be in certain zip codes or areas of a particular township or city. Uh, and can you talk about,
2: kind of clarify that program real quick about the hub zone? Oh, sure. It's, uh, and, and the program was designed to encourage companies to move into these zones so they can create jobs. Because One of the requirements is that uh, I believe the number is 30, 33% of, of your employees must live in the hub zone. Not necessarily the hub zone where the company is located, so that's that's why the program was created and the way it would work if you are in a, in a, if you consider yourself and, and basically we don't make those those decisions is the census bureau come up with those numbers the, the zip code so so if you f b has nothing to do with it, you can be in a hub zone this year and not in a hub zone three years from now. You know, so let, let's assume that you meet those requirements. You are located in that particular area. Uh, make sure you are because the other side of the street where you're located may not be a hub zone, whereas the other side is. So one has to be very careful. But once you make that determination that you are located in a hub zone, you can then put in applications with, with Washington. Those applications go directly to Washington for approval and review. And once you Once you are approved, then you are known as a hub zone because there is a a, a data bank of companies that are located in hub zone. So if I am a contracting officer, I'm not meeting my hub zone requirements, and and you can deliver the goods that I'm looking for or services, and that's how you get contracts.
1: Yeah, I'm really surprised to find out. Really, a lot of downtown locations or and large cities are really hub zone. Yes, yes. I, yeah, I know the inner cities would be a lot of small rural areas or depressed areas, but really the downtown district of almost every city in this nation is really a hub zone. Any particular reason why is that? Because it, it's, and we talk about my Fortune 500 companies, not taking anything from them, but is there a particular
2: reason why the downtown area
1: uh, is considered a hub
2: zone? Well, you know, to be quite honest, you know, this this is strictly census bureau. SBA goes by the census numbers that okay. says that this company is located in in zip code seven six one five five and considered a hub zone. Okay. And and we pick that up for for the program. But you know, it's hard for me to explain why, you know, a lot of the area that you're surprised about are considered hub zone by at least the census bureau definition. Okay. That use, yeah. I guess kind of give or take, because it kind of
1: give opportunity to our businesses, give opportunity to others. So it maybe it
2: just works out that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I tell you, it's a good incentive. You know, I, I've known a company who told me, I'm I'm moving my business to a hub zone so I can get opportunities for, with the government. You know, well, I, I'm I'm willing to do that. And, and the key is to make sure that you you employ people in these communities, and that's really the bottom line. It's really the job creation. That's why the, the program was, was created. It's, uh, you know, if I attract you to this zone and you can get government contract as a result, I want you to hire X amount of people. And we monitor those. We are required to review not all, but some some that may be suspect, because a lot of people may apply for it, but it's a front. They may just have one person working. And so they may not even meet the requirements. So we are very, very careful to avoid any abuse of these programs.
1: Okay. Now, for an example of that one person, if you're a, a startup, your your goal is for just to work with uh, uh with the government procurement officers and sell to government and sell to some some companies. Your one man or two person operation. Um, where they prevent a person from, uh, and they put their office in a hub zone, in order with the idea to grow and to hire people in that particular area. But as a small business to start off, they just want to get a small office there and build a business from there. That won't procure them for the program. They just have to be able to show over time uh, that they are hiring people.
2: That lives and has So it's the actually, it, it, they not even. They, we we just assume that the intent. They don't even have to show that they're going to go to business to ten, fifteen people, and they will employ what they need to do. And the way you mentioned startup, that that becomes an issue because you know we always look at you know does the company have the capacity to deliver on government contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're looking at that very, very carefully when you put in an application. So if I'm just a startup company and, you know, I have great intention to go to business and hire people in the community that I, I want to serve, and but I, I don't have the, the financing world at all, I, I'm in construction, I can never get bonding, that is a requirement because, you know, I'm just a startup company, uh, that may be a problem from an approval standpoint.
1: Oh, i follow. Okay.
2: Yeah, but but anything else is just perfect. If you just, uh, uh, you know, what we're seeing is a lot of companies moving here in Dallas, for example. So a company may say, you know, I I was small in New York three years ago, and I'm still small. Uh, I only have two people working here, and I'm coming to Dallas. I want to move in uh, uh, a hub zone, you know. So they move to the hub zone with two persons. And they choose to live in a hub zone. At least one person living in a hub zone. Well, they were in business three years. They did they, done some contract in New York City. Maybe, maybe not, not necessarily for the federal government. They have a proven record. They can come here and 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 be be approved and, and and get going so that they can start creating opportunities for others. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah, The. Uh I have one question from a from Twitter. Can a nonprofit become uh, a a certified? But,
2: but the the one one the small business the small business act actually was very specific. Okay. The team, uh, we need to work with business. You know that 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 generate revenue, that that generate income. That, that that does a lot of those good things, you know, by, by mission. So we actually, not so much prohibited, but we actually do not work with not-for-profit. We get those scores, whether it's for aid program, you cannot apply, uh, whether it's for a loan program, you cannot apply, whether for counseling and training, our counselors are trained to train people who who, who have that profit motive in mind. So that uh, we normally refer those people to city government. You know, anybody who, wants, who has a not-for-profit organization, we find it hard uh, to get a service from SBA, even on, on, even on the counseling side. hmm you know, because our our counselors are so much into, uh, okay, so we're going to create that business plan and we're going to talk about cash flow projection. We're going to talk about that loan that you want to seek. How are you going to repay that loan? It's always that in mind. So that's why it's difficult. We we don't work with not-for-profit organizations. Having said that, we uh, the example I like to give, and there are always exceptions to the rule, you know, you we have a church. Which is not for profit, naturally, but the church as a school, which is a for profit. So the question might be, can you help the, the the school then? Absolutely, we can help the school, even though the applicant, which is the church, is a not for profit organization. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, the school is a for profit organization within the not for profit. But those are, I mean, uh, examples that, that that those are real exceptions. But normally, the only time we help not for profit is in our loan program in a case of a disaster. Okay, I'll follow. Yeah, in a now, case of a disaster. Now
1: go back, for example, the typically
2: yeah, schools are non-profit.
1: They use their 501c3s or whatever. And so, if they do have a, a project to bid on uh, for educational services, they can still do that, but when it comes to the Loan guarantees—they really don't qualify because someone has to be the guarantor on that
2: loan. That, 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 that's somewhat accurate, but the, the, the accurate answer, Tim, is really you couldn't—if you were not for profit, you couldn't compete on, on the government government loan. The government contract either. I follow. Okay. Yeah. As I said, if you're not for profit, but you have a profit component, that is, there is a school that is a for-profit organization, they have so many students pay, pay, paying paying a fee, they're making money, they can only pay a loan from, from, from earnings,
1: and that changes the picture. Wow, wow, that makes sense. I really appreciate that. I'm sure the people are listening, too, as well. The last couple of things real quick. Also, GSA. We're going to talk about GSA, the Bull and if you're involved... With uh, uh, Escobu, A S D B U, and talk about ended with the uh, start of America. But to go back to now to the GSA program, uh, mm-hmm. can you talk about that and how you guys can help with that?
2: Well, again, we spoke earlier about buying about buying agencies with the federal government. Mm-hmm. GSA is one of the largest buyers of services. As you know, all the federal buildings are managed by GSA. They are the ones who build the buildings, all the federal courthouses, you know. And they also have to buy papers. They also have to buy everything so that they can function. And they have buying agencies, SBA, but SBA, GSA is a huge buyer of of, of 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 private sector, you know, goods or services. So we work very very closely. With with GSA. In fact, there is an SBA person assigned to GSA. This is a person who has an an opportunity to work with the contracting officer at GSA. When a contract is to be let out, can actually tell the contracting officer, "Why don't you do it set aside?" Because I think we have firms in the ADA program that can perform that work. So we have within SBA, not necessarily my office, because we have another office next to me called the Government Contracting Office, who looked at that 23% for small business. That's what they do. I look at the set aside in my office. But there is an office next to me who looks at that 23% who works with the prime contractors, who works with GSA, who works with the Army Corps of Engineers, who works with the Navy. So we work very closely, and our constituents, our listeners must know that GSA is one of the largest buyers of goods and services in the country. Okay. And with
1: the GSA, they have a complicated uh, type project to get on their schedules. Will you guys actually help?
2: Uh, uh, While we don't help the, the firm, we we actually hold seminars and workshops.
1: Okay. They,
2: they, with the with the GSA people, you know, who actually talk about their program, about the schedule, which can get complicated. Okay. So we we don't we don't claim to be you know the, the expert, but we do we know where the experts are, you know, at GSA. So if we have a, if we have a request we know exactly who to refer that constituent to. Great. Uh, great. That's wonderful.
1: And on the uh, uh, the last three things, uh, then we'll uh, ask you for some closing comments. The uh, Escoboo office, uh, OSDBU, which is on your website, I uh-huh. I have the annual convention usually in April. Can you talk about how that plays a part, the Escoboo office, with uh, your office? Is
2: that GSA also or SBA? No,
1: um I've heard of them, but they on your website. I'm sorry. Uh, for contract officials, see a small office of small business development something. I'm trying to get to it real quick. sure. Uh, I'm sorry about that. That's uh, fine. I know they have an annual convention. Uh, another confer- uh, office. Oh, here it is. Pro office, a
2: of small and disadvantaged business uh, uh, utilization yeah. office. And 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 this, this is where, this is where every federal agency, and every prime contractor's office, mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, 500 uh, uh, companies, uh, largest company in the U.S. have that kind of department now. Okay. So so the, the buying agencies in government have someone who works at that office, and their function is really to help the, 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 the set aside, you know, the small disadvantaged, other utilization people to get those government contracts. So if somebody was a, a minority firm looking to work with, uh, say, Sir Lockheed Martin, you know, I would probably refer them to one person who has that title at Lockheed Martin okay yeah uh, so this was another arsenal
1: that conference for twenty twelve uh is april nineteenth thursday
2: in d c from eight to five and of, that's a good that that would be a good conference for our listeners who want to do business with the government with our prime contractors to attend. At least they, they know the people, the personnel. That's an opportunity for them to meet the person at the Department of Defense, at Homeland Security, in the, all the various buying agencies. Wow. So they can make the connection and hopefully make a presentation or uh, at some point. Okay. And also,
1: midweek with the Minority Enterprise Development Week, which is uh,
2: September, every September.
1: Yes, and, and, and,
2: and, and that, that's, that's put on that's put on by another federal agency. SBA is a co-sponsor of it. It's put on by the uh, MBEA, which is a Minority Business Development Administration, which is a part of the U.S. Department of Commerce, whose work is exclusively to help minority firms. Okay. So they and do that
1: conference every year. Right. And Startup America, we just talked before the show started, is something that started by Steve... Case, and you just got the information. I think you said yesterday on the webinar. I know they have a kickoff in Texas today. Can you talk about uh, some of the things that uh, about the program, how it's going to be relating uh, with uh, the SBA for Startup Texas?
2: The, the The program team is no different. From our well, it's different, but it's if if you understand the small business investment company program
0: mm-hmm.
2: the s b i c mm-hmm. this is actually very similar, but for companies that are maybe in the startup stage, so if you go to an s b i c and you start up company, you're not well established, you know your idea doesn't flow well you know they may turn you down whereas this program is really designed for companies in startup stage who who may be in in rural communities as i understand it who can be in all communities but primarily come areas that are way underserved by the sba and i think cities is putting some money in it and the federal government is putting some money in it and, and other organizations so uh, hopefully, when you get to 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 interview me again, I will have a lot more information and hopefully some success stories on it.
1: great, I really appreciate it yeah i'm uh trying to go that often today before they kick off uh, in closing uh anything you would like to close with, and I guess we can uh, like this, uh they like to contribute and then we can say how people can contact your office. Um, yes
2: yes Tim, thank you so much again for the opportunity Tim. No, we are you. such a great agency doing great things, and yet very people very many people still don't understand how we do it how we deliver our services, and it's a pity. The challenge for us is we cannot pay for for marketing services. We rely on our own internal resources to go out and market and market, and we are limited by, 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 by human resources who can do the work. I have a very huge district office, and we are always happy to have an opportunity to, to be interviewed by someone like you who can give us some exposure. So the best way to reach out to the SBA team, and I don't mind giving my telephone number and email address, is to go to our website, as you've done, at www.sba.gov, one of the best sites in government, and get the information that you need. And as a follow-up, if you are in my area, you can then call my office at 817 684 Five five zero zero, and uh, depending on what you need, you will be referred to the to the you know to the applicable division within SBA. Mm-hmm. My personal number is eight one seven six eight four five five zero two, and my email address. And I do respond to my email address within two hours of receipt. Mm-hmm. My calls as well. Is Herbert H E R B E R T Austin, as in Austin, Texas, at SBA dot gov.
1: Right. Well, Mr. Austin, I really appreciate you coming on to the show. I mean you, oh, we had a great hour of experience and I hope this show gives a lot of the insight what the SBA is truly about and we have went through your three uh core uh Things I think you talked about, I think, the very beginning, miltering, building, uh, capitalization, your loan program, and your procurement. And, uh, again, thank you for coming out to the program. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. And I look forward for the next time where we can talk about something that is close to the heart of the president, which is international trade, because we very much engage in that, too, because we find that as a way of expanding your business, there couldn't be any better way than selling to 99 percent of the world population that is beyond our border. So wow. we, we 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 don't consider that a lot because we are so conscious of importation that people tend to import and not thinking of markets where they can actually sell their products.
1: Wow. So ninety
2: nine percent of the world population is not is beyond our borders of the world purchasing power is beyond our borders, but people don't seem to recognize the opportunity there. So we want to talk that language a lot, and it's a a field that I'm very familiar with, Tim, because before working for the government, I worked overseas as a director of international trade, helping companies market their goods and services in many countries. Wow.
1: Now, Herb, I'm not going to let you go for, uh, about that one. So, I'm going to bring you back on the show. So we're gonna Good. Talk to afterwards and maybe we can do something next week. Really That'd be great. Of, we have a lot of people talking about exports, and they have no clue I know. how to manage that. But we are talk to the and, show. And, really and cool. the
2: service is there for them. Right out our office, we have the U.S. Department of Commerce here that can help them.
1: Perfect. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Herb, for being on the program today. and. Uh, Uh, Have a great day. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much, Tim. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Take care. This has been another
1: production of the Apple Capital Group, the uh, Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. You can download this episode on iTunes or on Blog Talk Radio on PodFeed. Thank you for joining the program and have a great weekend.
0: Thank you for listening to the Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.